0: And welcome back it's the kaufman show on tsn 690 special montreal baseball edition and made even more special by the fact that uh after three and a half years as my co-host jay ferrar is now also on the board mr f i'm a li- no I'm no a, you're on I'm you're a, good I do, yeah you're good <laughs>
1: Hold on, I just got to put on my headphones. Ah, now I can hear myself. There you Thank go. you very much. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm a little nervous because- Don't be. I saw how Rod Francis was <laughs> nervous, and he's been doing this for 87 years. So- <laughs> And I just jumped on now because- uh, anyways-
0: Jay, It's going to be we'll fine. Get out. There's it's going to be way. fine. Thank you, Marco. Thanks, we appreciate, Marco, appreciate it. it. James Foster is here to help us out tonight in case anything goes completely <laughs> off yeah, the rails. He
1: certainly do not go anywhere, eh, Foster? I love you, man.
0: James is the uh, technical producer of the exchange at CJD, so we've uh, gotten to know James quite well and like him, even if he is a Red Sox fan and an Orioles fan and Eskimos fan and all these other things. But uh, he's more than welcome to join in on the conversation, even though he wasn't at the Olympic Stadium this weekend. You could tell everybody about the... uh the email that you sent me on Saturday night at ten thirty. If you'd like, James.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. I, uh, you know, working in the news department at CJD, I had asked Dave, "Hey, do you think you could uh, maybe just give me a couple comments, uh, this and that, about how the weekend went with you guys?" And uh, to Dave which I was-
0: responded, and and I have I have the actual email here. Okay, you wrote to me, "Hey, dude, can you send me some info and maybe your thoughts on the baseball games that went down this weekend? I want to try and write up a story for the CJD website. Anything that you can think of that would help would be awesome." And this was at ten thirty on Saturday night. I wrote you back. Oh, I think it was about 3.34. I woke up to the email oh. and
1: it, it put a smile on my face to start the day.
0: <laughs> Sorry, man. Just seeing this now. Just left the gala. My heart is warm. The weekend was wonderful. I'm drunk on both alcohol and nostalgia. And I think that's about that about describes the weekend. It was uh, an extreme overdose of uh, both alcohol and nostalgia poisoning. And if one wasn't going to get you, the other one was. What a beautiful weekend it was wonderful for so many reasons. It was wonderful. It allowed us to forget about the politics. It allowed us to forget about all the problems in this city. And maybe I'm alone on that. And I'm just such a baseball fan that I, nothing else mattered for that weekend. And it started early. If you listen to Melnick's show today, he told uh, Jay and he was right. McLean's pub was the central hub for all baseball related activities, except for the actual games and the gala. And, uh, the games would have been hard to put on in right. the pub. Dude. Right. Yeah, it would have been tough. Would have been tough.
1: Believe me, there are numerous people who have tried to play baseball in the pub before,
0: <laughs> myself included. In fact, once That night though, I wasn't drunk on nostalgia.
1: You know, once I had a a single-A pitcher come in. He had come up to Montreal just for a vacation. Okay. And he told me he played single-A ball. And uh I happened to have my glove and my bag there. And uh you know, we we had a few cold ones, <laughs> and he was a pitcher. So I said, I, I'm gonna go to one end. You go to the, There wasn't many people in the pub, right? You go to the other. I want to feel what it's like to have a fastball. Uh, it, it's been a while since I've had a fastball thrown by man. This is a this is a single eye pitcher. This guy knows how to throw. Sure, he can rock it around 85, 90 miles an hour if he wants to. So we did that. He's also he was also about six foot eight, maybe about 280 pounds. He was a big, big man, and uh, he threw me a fastball right down the middle, and uh, it hurt. <laughs> Even though I was feeling no pain at the time and I said, okay, one is enough because then everybody else wanted to try it out and I quickly had to hide the glove and the ball and we continued the night that we had begun.
0: The only other example of uh, bar baseball I can think of is coach in Cheers trying to prove that he was the best at getting hit by pitches. Yeah. That's right. And that he used to have the record for hit by pitch, which I guess Ron Hunt would have beaten. Right. And um, there was a scene in Cheers. It was, uh, I can't remember, Nicholas something was his real name, but Coach Co- Ernie Pantuso. Co-
1: Colisanto? Something like that, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I loved when Coach was on Cheers, and, mm-hmm. and the whole idea that he had been this coach with the Red Sox was a, a great little narrative. Right. So there you go. The only two people I know to play baseball in a bar are Jay Farrar and Coach from Cheers. Right. Back to the weekend, though. And let's start it with... McLean's Pub, Uh the book signing slash Ellis Valentine Lovin slash Jim Fanning shows up.
1: Yeah, that was not expected. I knew Frank. Frank's a friend of mine. I knew, yeah, Frank's was a good dude. By, but I, I didn't know what the old man was going to show up to, and I was so, I was so happy to see him because he's such a sweet man. He really is. <laughs> and he came in, and you know, I, I, thought, you know, he'd sit down and say hello to some folks and never. He wanted to come right up on stage with, with Ellis and with, with Jonah Carey, and he started signing autographs as well. And the the attendance the, the amount of people that showed up were so way beyond my expectations it was expectations wonderful they were there. lined up at the door oh my goodness and we were <laughs> i think we were a little bit over uh, capacity don't tell the fire department or anything but i mean the the enthusiasm and the participation and the and and i there's a great story that happened i don't know if you want me to tell it now or maybe
0: save it for later the bat the back yeah I was I was gonna close out the segment first let's uh let's go to the sh- let's go to the phones here 5147 I know 1690 here's a gentleman who was at the McLean's uh party and then at the game it's the chef in Montebello hey chef hello chef welcome to the show
2: um it, it's, it's it's an honor to be the first caller anyway we've got Jay on the board
0: <laughs> that's cool. right
2: But um, my whole day, Friday, with my daughter, from the day we left the house in our expo gear, we just were met with smiles on our whole trip down (laughs) Montreal, head nods, the occasional thumbs up. And my daughter was just saying, Dad, this is just like, this is really special. I said, sweetie, you haven't seen anything yet. And then we got into uh, McLean's. Uh, Jay, your staff did an incredible job. Listen, I've been working in this business all my life. Uh, in restaurants and bars, and the patience that your staff has. <laughs> and I basically, we fell in love with Manon. We've already booked something. Manon's going to be coming up this summer to Montebello to come and meet us at the restaurant. And She'll do it, too. She'll I know, she will. There. She said mm-hmm. she's coming up on her bike. She's just an incredible lady and uh, with uh, just uh, such great patience. But the things that were going on in the bar itself, just the camaraderie, with like two or hundred people, three hundred people, I don't know how many people were in there, but they all felt like brothers and sisters that were all going to this big family reunion that probably we thought we would never get a chance to go and do, and then to have the special individuals in there. and I won't kill the story on the bat, but i that's the moment when I lost it,
0: yeah, I think we all did, and i, I you can stay on the phone for it if you want. We'll tell the story right now. That's a gentleman came about. up to uh to Ellis Valentine at the bar. And said that. um, His name was Stuart Herman. Stuart used to board Ellis Valentine. The first two seasons that Ellis Valentine played in Montreal. Uh,
1: Actually, sorry to interrupt, it's his father, Billy. Billy. And he, yeah, and Stuart was a... Uh, yeah, his name is actually Billy, Billy Herman. Wow. And his Jay, yeah. why don't you tell the story? Okay, I'm sorry. I That's okay, that. go okay. ahead. Okay. Well, Stuart Herman came in, and he, he's walking by, and see, I'm emceeing this thing, and I'm being a jerk on the microphone, and we're having a lot of fun, <laughs> and he comes by, and he's got a bat in his hand, and he says, hey, uh, I got something to tell you. And I said, well, well, what's going on? He hasn't reached Ellis yet to have it signed. He's still on the line, but he's walking by me, and he says, listen... Um, my dad and I used to board uh, Ellis Valentine back in the nineteen seventies when he first came to Montreal as a rookie. In in and he was playing in Jerry Park. He had no money, you know. He had nowhere to stay, so they were kind enough to take care of him. And um, uh, eventually, he stayed with them for two years. When the uh, when the Expos made the transition from Jerry Pry- Park to Olympic Stadium, well, not only was Ellis Valentine um, the man to hit the last home run at jerry park he was also the first man to hit a home run in olympic stadium that's right and Stu herman had the bat that he used to do it in his hand and he says at the end uh when he finally moved out in 1976 he gave me this bat as a present well i came back today to give it back to him and and the place shook yeah i waited until he actually got to ellis and decided to me and Jonah Carey were trying to be very quiet about it, so Ellis didn't know what was coming huh. until I announced it on the microphone. And in perfect synchronization, Stewart takes it and hands it over to Ellis, and he, I, the the look on his face is priceless. It was it was of he was completely riveted to his seat. He didn't know what to do. He was in shock. He 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 didn't quite understand what was going on, and then got really really emotional and. Gave Stu Herman a hug and took the bat, and then I touched the bat because I needed its DNA on Yeah, mean. I took
0: a picture with the bat, too. Yeah. Did you see the Bicentennial logo on it? No, I thought that I, was the coolest thing. That I, you could tell that it was from that year because it had the U.S. Bicentennial logo.
1: Everything was such a blur because it went by so fast for me because not only am I managing a bar, but I'm trying to MC and trying to organize everything right. at the same and, time. And be in the moment at be the same time. Be in the moment. It's very hard to do that, but... Just to see that happen. It was the bat that hit the first home run at Olympic Stadium and it was presented back to Ellis Valentine at McLean's pub. At McLean's front pub and in front of all these people. It was just it was just a great moment, such a great applause from the crowd. And I could see people getting a little teared tear <laughs> They were tearing up a little bit. It was just, it, w- it was an emotional moment, and it's something I never expected.
0: Chef, thank you so much for the call, and thanks so much for coming out this weekend and for going to the game. And I'm so happy you and your daughter had a good time.
2: And Jay, do you mind another quick little thing?
0: No, of course, man.
2: Jay, the bus ride. I yeah. got into the bus early. You got us in there, my daughter and I, so we're in and out of the rain, and we're just sitting there. And the bus was filling up, and uh, Andy Betty comes in, and the whole gang is starting to fill up, and I realize there's a couple. Other people come around that are a little bit older than I am and a little bit older than my daughter, obviously. So I took my daughter and I said, we're going to do this? And she says, yeah, Dad, let's go up in the top. We had the most incredible ride <laughs> from there. And I mean, at that moment, when we were driving down, we started the Let's Go Expos, boom, 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 on the side of the bus. Mm-hmm. People were looking up at us. At first they were sort of like, man, these are crazy people. And then they sort of realized as the as the trip was going along, we were doing this more and more. And more and more people were these incredible smiles coming out of their faces. And then you realize that you were part of something that was just so much bigger than you were that day. Right. And it was just an incredible feeling, and I just want to thank you guys so much. And uh, have a great show. I'm going to head off to bed and listen to you guys and dream some great dreams of things that went on this weekend.
0: Chef, thank you for all your support, and uh, thank you for calling in every single week. I'm so happy that you won a pair of tickets. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one.
1: Great to see you, Chef.
0: We're talking Expos baseball. We're talking about the wonderful Montreal Baseball Weekend. We've got some great stories to tell. All that and more coming up next on TSN 690. Welcome back. It's the Kaufman Show on TSN 690. Dave Kaufman, Jay Farrar, John Kakalakis, James Foster. Happy you're here, buddy. <laughs> Jay is on the board tonight. The inaugural board appearance I- I'm happy you're for Jay here, too, buddy. Yeah, yeah, we're all happy James is here. We like James. We're a big fan. We're all Foster fans. So, uh where do we start? I couldn't take the bus with you guys cuz I was just going crazy. I had I walked into your bar Wednesday night and Thursday night, Jay, Mm -hmm. and right away asked you for Tylenol, said Mm -hmm. I had a headache. Mm -hmm. And that headache was there until I walked into the Olympic Stadium. I was so anxious all week long, this mix of excitement and dread. So I took the Metro. And uh, it was a bit of a letdown, to be honest with you. I was hoping to get on the Metro and it to be filled with Expos fans. And I was there with, uh, with my friend Anya, who was on the bus to Cooperstown with us, and her brother Gab. They both had come in for the weekend, head-to-toe in expo stuff, and we were the only three on the metro. And it was this long, kind of slow ride out from, from Peel metro to Peanut. Mm-hmm. And then we got there, and all the people, all the people, unbelievable. I have not felt that feeling in a long time. The last time I walked off a metro... To go to the Olympic Stadium to see a baseball game. When I got on the Metro, I didn't know it was going to be the last game. I suspected when I got off the Metro, I got a phone call saying there had been a hastily arranged press conference to announce that that was it for the Expos. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, walking up that rotunda, the long upward slope as you walk to the building. A gradual slope. Yes, yeah. yes. was all I could think, and I have sitting there and Anya and Gab and I—we've got our arms around each other, and we're walking slow. And it's teary. And it was tough. Then we get up there and we see everybody and their mother in Expo stuff. And man, did that feel good. And then Brian Wilde snagged me for a quick uh, interview. Did a little live hit on uh, on CJAD where I—sorry, on CTV where I asked Brian if he had a billion dollars that he could lend us for the cause. And when he said no, he? I said, how about oh. Bell Media? They have the money. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You said that on CTV? Live on CTV okay. at 6.10 on Friday night. And you're still sitting here today. And Jay, I'm Jan, still huh? sitting here today. I guess that uh, I guess they weren't watching. They were in the Metro on the way to the game. <laughs> so I do that little hit for Brian, and then I, I went outside and took a little walk and waited for the bus to show up. And... Um, that bus showed up, man. It and did, then, and then I followed them in. I wanted to. I was with them at McLean's. I had to go separately. I was paranoid about the bus being late or getting stuck in traffic, and and Brian had asked me to do that hit, so I got there. I was there for six. You guys were there by six twenty, six thirty, and into the stadium we went. And you walk in, and and the place where there used to be the Oompa Band, the Beer Garden, if you will, mm-hmm. packed, packed which was surreal. The last time I saw the stadium busy like it was on Friday and Saturday for baseball was 1994, outside of a bunch of opening days. But consistently day in, day out like that, 1994. 20 years. It was like stepping into a time warp, people. And then you walk in and there's a bit of a walk until you get to the, where it opens up. And suddenly you can see green. You look up, you can see blue. Not sky blue. Kevlar roof blue. But I was home. And it was messed up. And I lucked out. I got to sit in the seats that I had in 03 and 04. And I walked down there and my, my partner for the night was Jonah Carey. And what a thrill to be able to sit at a ball game with the guy who literally wrote the book. On the Expos, and Jonah's become a good friend, and it was great to share that with him. And He walked in, and he said he's never had seats this good at the Olympic Stadium in his life. Really? Yeah, I thought that was cool. Hmm. I thought that was really cool. Well, I was in the same section as you as well. Oh, sorry, this was Friday. Oh, this was Friday, okay. Friday, my seats were second row above the Okay, dugout. that's right. Those are your old seats. And those are my old seats in okay. 113, and I walk in, and right away- I'm looking at the dugout and they put up this glass barrier so you couldn't like put your feet up mm-hmm. and these signs that said access and hmm and there's something really wrong, Jay, because the Toronto Blue Jays were in our dugout and I walked down there and all I'm thinking is get the hell out of my dugout, get off my field. At first. Like Harrison Ford. Get off my field. Get off my field. Get the something out of my dugout. That dugout's for Frank Robinson to be sleeping in, and Frank Robinson only. (laughs) (laughs) And then the ceremony started for Gary Carter. And that was something. To see your brother's tribute to Kid play on the big screen at the Olympic Stadium... Now, I'm not Anakin's brother like you are, but I love your brother. I love him like a brother. And I was so proud. I was so damn proud of your brother to know how much that moment meant to him. And I hope he knows how much that moment meant to me. Because it was really, really special. And just like that game 10 years ago, I sat in those seats and I sobbed. And it was crazy to sit there and think about what could have been. And also think about how great it was that that Sandy and Kimmy Carter got to come into town and hear that ovation from 45,000 fans. And speaking to them the next night at the gala, they were so appreciative of it. It was such a wonderful feeling. And it was something that I'll never forget. And it's uh, coming up on 1230 right now. And Jay's going to give you an update. Don't worry, Jay. We can just go out cold here. It's all good. Oh, we are, sir.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> That's exactly what's going good, to
0: happen. Good. We can come in cold, too, afterwards if you want. But uh, we got a lot of stories to tell. I'm only, uh, I've am only, i only hit 7 p.m. on Saturday, and we've got a half an hour left. So uh, expect a lot of me rambling and ranting about my wonderful weekend coming up in the next half hour on The Kaufman Show. All right. Welcome back. It's the Kaufman Show on TSN 690. Dave Kaufman, Jay Farrar, John Kakalakis is here. And thank God for James Foster. And you know what, James? You got that on audio now. You can you can just replay me going, thank God for James Foster over and over and over again. I'm going to keep it. That mic is not on. on no, that here. mic's still not on. No, still not on.
1: Was it on? There audio? we go. Hey, James <laughs> Mike's on. All right. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep it my own personal heart and Aww. a USB stick that I can <laughs> my, own my own heart and my own USB it, stick. It might be my ringtone or right. text message tone. Drunk, I don't know. Drunk on nostalgia oh,
0: and boy. alcohol. <laughs> oh, boy. It's okay, Jay. I'm all right. I'm it's all, all right. good. It's all good. I'm uh, going to go back to where we, uh, where we left off, which was me sitting in the seats, and uh, the Carter tribute was just wonderful. And I'd say that another great moment there was the national anthem. I forgot how wonderful it is to stand and sing Oh Canada at a baseball game in French. It had been a very long time. That was fun. And, yeah. then, the, and then the baseball game started. And I remember at some point in the night, and I'll fast forwarding a bit to the bar after the game, where someone said to me, who was pitching? And I looked at them and I went, I don't know. I was I know I went to a baseball game, but I was not there for the baseball game. I remember very few things from the actual baseball game. I saw the Bautista homer. James Foster. Oh, yeah, Bautista homered. I totally forgot. Right. Bautista homered on Friday night. And that was a wonderful moment in the stadium because everybody got to erupt. And it it was just, for me, it just reminded me of fill in the blank of a player hitting a home run and that feeling that you feel. It was a wonderful feeling. But I'd say that Jonah and I lasted no more than an inning, inning and a half in those seats before starting to just walk around. And people said to me, I had a few people come up to me afterwards and said, you know, we saw you on Friday and on Saturday. I'm wearing that stupid cardigan, so everybody saw me. (laughs) And they said you couldn't keep still. And it's absolutely true. I watched very little baseball this weekend. I used it as an opportunity to hang out at my old stomping grounds. And I was lucky. Everybody I knew was at one of those two games. And I got to spend an inning here, an inning there, a couple of at-bats here and there with people that I cared about, that I hadn't been able to share baseball with in such a long time. And, uh, you know, I I spent an inning with, uh, with my friend Raymond, who I've been going to baseball games with since I was 12 years old. And he was there with his nephew and his brother and um, actually oh, his nephews and nieces and his brother. I think there were five or six of them. And he was sitting not too far from me. And actually when I first walked in, I saw Raymond. And as I was walking down the stairs of that section, I was really weepy. And then he calls out my name. Hey, Dave! And I thought, get it together. Get it together. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I looked over I said hi. And then a few innings later, I got to sit down with Ray and and watch an inning, and that's something I'll cherish because it's something I didn't think I'd get to do again. After the Expos left, Raymond and I went out to Ottawa to see a Lynx game together. And uh, somebody very formative, he, he uh, introduced me to his cousin as saying, uh, this is the biggest baseball fan in the city, biggest Expos fan in the city. And I said, it's all because of you. He was one of those guys who got me tickets at the start, who who helped shape my love of the game. Him, my grandfather. John McHale used to give us tickets. My dad used to take me to Shane Nicks on Green Avenue in the morning, right up the street from 1310 Green Avenue, where we used to do this show. And John John McHale saw this young kid and thought, oh God, the hockey gods can't corrupt another one. And he started giving us baseball tickets. I wanted so desperately to tell that to John McHale Jr. this weekend. Didn't see him. Got to hang out in the press box with Sean Farrell for an inning. First time in the press box at the Olympic Stadium, Jay. That was the one part of the building that I had never been. I had never been in there either. So I went up there and stole some hot dogs. <laughs> Friday night, and just to show you how little I cared about the actual game itself, eighth inning, Jonah and I were gone. Mm-hmm. We went to the Arkells show. Our boys, the Arkells, were doing a surprise concert for McGill students at the Corona Theater. And Max Kerman, our uh, basketball analyst on the show who... uh I mean, that's his big paying job, but his side gig is is the front man for the Arkells. Right. And he sends me a text saying, oh, you know, this show's not going to be so great. And, you know, maybe you should stay at the game and we'll meet you at McLean's afterwards. And I said, are you crazy? I needed that concert. Baseball and rock and roll, man. I needed that concert. And I got down there and I said to him before, you play deadlines at the end because I don't know when I'm going to get there. And uh, we walked in, and shockingly, Jonah and I were the only two that were dressed like Montreal Expos players. So he saw us right away. <laughs> <laughs> you kind
1: of, you kind of stuck out, even in a crowd like that. You still stuck out. Imagine that.
0: The uh, the words that Max said, setting up deadlines and talking about our show, will stay with me forever. One of my highlights of the weekend was uh, was hearing them talk about the Kaufman Show during their concert in the middle of deadlines that was really cool and of course jonah fell in love with the band Mm -hmm. obviously we knew he would hadn't heard them before he walked in and then is a fan and we all went back to mclean's as soon as the show ended and wow what a party it was everybody was there and that wasn't even the night with cliff floyd i think that was the night before Couldn't leave. Couldn't leave. Too much fun to be had. Was there till three. Probably up till five. And then turn around right back at the stadium. Meet Terry Haig. Beside the press box. Press uh, liaison office in the rotunda. And I walk into the stadium with Haig. What a thrill that was. You know, Mitch, I've gotten to know. Mitch, I consider a friend. Terry I love. Terry has always been good to me. I was telling a story at at McLean's the other night of me being 12 years old and Terry had thrown some sort of a play at the plate event, sort of like Melnick on the road, but Terry did one at the Hard Rock Cafe and sweet Lou Frazier was there, summer of 94. And I went and Terry welcomed me with open arms to the group, this little kid. And I've just always loved that man. He mm-hmm. he is the sound of baseball. He is, as Rich Griffin said at the bar that night, nobody is as passionate about baseball as Terry Haig. Mm-hmm. It is infectious. The man is, he loves baseball. He lives it, he breathes it. And we walk in and we go up to the press box and right next door they're having the press conference with all the 94 guys. And we walk in and... Marquise sees Terry and stops what he's doing and runs over and gives him a huge hug, and they catch up. And then John Wetland stops what he's doing and ends up having a 10-minute conversation with Terry and me. And I'm so happy that John Wetland is back on the right track, is has figured out all of his stuff, has has worked through his issues, and is the same successful, wonderful human being that was in Montreal. It was a thrill to hang out with John Wetland. Really nice guy. Oh, my goodness. And then I see Walker in the corner. And he's talking to Bob Elliott, the Hall of Fame writer from the Toronto Sun. And the second that Walker sees Haig, that was it for Bob Elliott's interview. Right away, he wants to talk to Haig. And then suddenly it's me, Melnick, McKenna, and Haig with Larry Walker holding court. And I know you can see from the picture on Twitter, I'm at the Kaufman Show. Connor and I look like we're 12 years old. Took a selfie with our hero, Larry Walker. And it was wonderful. It was, it was perfect. And then we head next door because it's like 5 to 12. And we do the play at the plate. A show that I listened to when I was a kid. So happy Mitch thought of doing that. Mm -hmm. So happy. To sit in that studio with Terry and Mitch and Connor. No offense, Connor I love, but it's not like being in that studio with Terry and Mitch. I close my eyes in there and it's like being back in 94. Uh Whole conversation about the 94 Expos in the press box at the Olympic Stadium with Mitch Melnick and Terry Higg. I mean, man, if you told me I was tripping out, I would have believed you. There was one part on it and we got to get the podcast up so you can hear it if you didn't where Terry took a bite of his hot dog started saying something and then Mitch just started laughing Terry's like what you're pontificating with a hot dog in your mouth for me that brought me right back to play at the plate and then the ceremony starts and the booth was small so Mitch and I go next door to the uh, free booth beside and Terry and Connor stayed in the other booth and I didn't look over at Mitch once Mitch tapped me on the shoulder and said Yuppie's there pointed down and said Yuppie's there And from that moment on, I was like, I am not looking at Melnick. Because the irrational child inside of me that said that when heard him go, Yuppie's there, I got way too excited and way too emotional. (laughs) And then they started bringing out the players. Mm -hmm. My God. Yes, there's cheering in the press box. Shit was there crying that day, man. Step out of the box at a certain point and just gather myself and know that I'm going back on air as soon as this ceremony's over and the ceremony was perfect and again they play your brother's song my god how perfect how perfect and the ceremony was wonderful it was everything that I I was hoping for a Rocket Richard length ovation for Felipe Alou which is unrealistic and there wasn't time but it would have been nice. But, I mean, that's just begging for it. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be perfect. But it was really wonderful. And then the game started and I had the same philosophy as before. I think I maybe, I, I had seats in 117 with Jonah. Few rows up from you. One row above Ellis Valentine. Sitting with Hag. Couldn't sit still. Could not sit still. Didn't want to. Why would I waste being at home on sitting and watching an exhibition game that didn't feature the Expos? Seemed silly to me. Seemed absolutely silly to me. So instead I wandered. Like I used to back in the day. And everywhere I went I saw friends. I saw my buddy Dave Auger who I went to to uh university with we went to elementary school together we're both tmr kids i saw him at the gala as well but he was one of those guys i used to sit front row behind the first base dugout he used to sit front row behind the third base dugout and back in the day when 0304 you could wave to each other and yell hey dave and he'd yell back hey kaufman and you could hear each other and we had a wonderful he was there with his older brother and i saw his older brother first his name's matthew and Matthew's walking towards me in an Expos jersey with his two-year-old. And I'm telling you, Jay, that's all I, That's all it took for me to lose it. Just seeing Matt OJ with his kid at an, at, a, and I'm about to say, at an Expos game. And you know what? It was an Expos game for me. No, it was. It was totally an Expos game. Except for those jerks in our dugout. And Ace and OK Blue Jays, let's play ball. But you know what? We're running out of time, so I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about how that weekend made me feel. And I hope that I get to have that opportunity every year until the team comes back, because it was wonderful. It was cathartic. It both gave me closure and reopened a wound. Weird that it can do both at the same time, but I kid you not, there were moments there where I was right back to that last game in 04, and there were moments where I was like, you know what? It's going to be okay. And part of it was seeing 100,000 people there that weekend who were there for very different reasons than me. Very different reasons than me. Most of them were there to cheer the Blue Jays, watch a baseball game, and have a good time. I was there for closure. I was there to see old friends. I, I saw, I run into my friend Mary Christine, who I, she's an Acadian. She's from la Madeleine, and I used to see her at every game. She used to go with her mom all the time. Huge baseball fan. Was there every game, game in, game out. Like a Katie Hines. Katie was missing. Katie was missed. Max was missed. But seeing Mary Christine, and then I see her, and two seconds later, we see the old security guard that ran our section. Hmm. And he remembered us. Of course he remembered us. I remembered him right away. Monsieur Fultin. Ça va bien. And it was so good to see him. And I look at the other security guard that he's with, and I was like, this guy used to let me dance on the dugout. And still has his job. And that was cool. Seeing all these, it was a reunion for me, man. It was it was just... God, I miss them. And I missed that feeling. And it was so nice to be able to recapture it, sort of, kind of. 23-year-old Dave Kaufman... Never pictured being able to do what we did this weekend. And man, 33-year-old Dave Kaufman is so appreciative of it. And then I'm telling you, Jay, game ends. I maybe had, after getting home, massive traffic. eh? They were so badly, they were not prepared between all the roads being closed and not adding enough metros. And it was a mess. Rich Griffin told me he had to walk three miles to get a cab. And by the way, Rich Griffin, wow. Wow, our city was lucky to have him, and Toronto's very lucky to have him. I learned more sitting at your bar, Jay, for three nights with Rich Griffin than I think I ever knew about the Expos. And again, you know, you talk about passion with Terry. The passion of this man. Read his Toronto Star article from Sunday, and you'll know what I mean. He woke up on Saturday morning, and got the news that his father had passed away. Rich was the PR director of the Expos from '73 to '94, and he had to be there. And he didn't say anything. No, I had no idea. I had no idea until I saw it the next morning. In the spent paper. Spent three, three nights with the guy. That's I'm, right. Nope. Our condolences go out to Rich Griffin. And I'll tell you, I'm so happy he was there. The weekend would not have been the same without him. Mm -hmm. So after dressing like an Expos fanboy all weekend, I decided to put on a suit and go to the gala. And that was incredible. All the stories, all the people. Katie Hines was there. She couldn't go to the game. She was not mentally prepared to go to those games, to go back to the stadium. But she did ask me to go up to her seat and tell whoever was in it that they were in Katie's seat. I loved that. Did you? Of course. And Robbie Hart filmed it. It was a pregnant lady. Did you tell her to get out of it? No, nope. I said, okay, T'es dans le siège du meilleur fan, meilleur partisan dans l'histoire des expos de Montréal." And she's looking at me like, "Well, where is she?" <laughs>
1: i thought she was a fan well katie doesn't want to she was an expos fan she was an expos fan and she refuses to go back
0: yeah and the same way that my mind was going that my mind was going get out of our dugout get Mm -hmm. out of our dugout katie would have been like get out of our dugout and literally and and would have been fully within her rights to do so Mm -hmm. when you miss five games in the history of the olympic stadium you can do whatever the hell you want and that gala was special I told the general manager of the Dominican Republic baseball team, also known as our former left fielder in 94, Moises al that I think that the next move for Montreal should be for us to get a World Baseball Classic designation as one of the cities. And he lit up. He said, that's a great idea. And I think that's what we should push for next. And I see we're running out of time, and it's killing me because we'll have to pick this up next week, I guess. But thank you to Matthew Ross. Thank you to Warren Cromarty. Thank you to Ivanko. Next time, play the chicken, Ivanko. Yeah, there was no chicken. No huh? chicken. Mm. No chicken. That's too bad. I know. It's not like you can't find those dot matrix graphics anywhere. You could can, can build one in about 10 minutes with the technology we have nowadays. Hey, Jay, uh, I'm assuming that it's uh, not ready to go, but can you pull up uh, Plasket I Love This Town? Yes, This is Jay's do first that. night on the board, and he's done a wonderful job. I, I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome, buddy. I don't want you to start playing it yet, though, but uh, I do want you to pull it up. And uh, there may be no more fitting a night for us to play the song that we always close out on. That gala, man. Between the the gala and then going back to the pub afterwards. And then trying to leave the pub at 3 in the morning and there's a snowstorm. Took me 45 minutes to get a cab. With action. And then the next morning. Well, first of all, if you ever want to hear something hilarious. Me on Abe Hefter's morning show on 3 Hours Sleep. I think the conversation went something like this. Well, it's (sighs) baseball Ah. and then finally i got my voice back and he went okay dave have a great morning thanks so much i went good night guys (laughs) (laughs) and then um well in the last six months i've had the guitarist from the tragically hip sit in my car and marquise grissom and i think that's pretty much i i'm really happy i got a new car i gotta say i'm really happy those guys weren't driving around the o3 civic good timing honest to goodness good timing honest to goodness i've been in the other one (laughs) The other one had definitely seen better days. Yes. (laughs) It smelled better days, too. We had breakfast with the players, Expos Nation. And then, uh, like I said, I had Marquise in my car. Your brother, Anakin, took Felipe over to the hotel. And we had our rally, our Expos Nation rally, and it was wonderful. There were not as many fans as we were hoping for, but the snowstorm took care of that. That's for sure. But the people who were there, including the NDG Lynx, which I thought was just amazing. And their coach said, you know, these guys have a chance to play at Williamsport this year. And can you guys tell us about nerves and how do you play in front of large crowds? And Felipe gave these guys like a seven, eight minute answer. It was just wonderful. These guys appreciated being back in town. They loved how much love they were getting. Kevin Malone walking into your bar At 2 a.m. on Saturday, we show him his picture on the wall, and he can't believe it. He's like, I need a picture of this. i got to show my family. I'm not big in Malibu, but I'm big in Montreal. And I thought that was great. And thank you all for coming out, and thank you all for supporting Expos Nation, and thank you all for supporting MVP, and thank you all for supporting my dream. Because this weekend felt like I'm going to get that that dream to come true. I'm going to get a team back in this city. It's going to happen. And for the longest time I was almost ashamed to say it out loud because it seemed so far-fetched. And it was great to hang out with people who feel the same sadness and same loss that I feel. That I felt. That I'll feel until we get a team back. And I'm so happy that baseball started in earnest and that there are real games right now and that there wasn't one park that had the attendance that we had on Saturday. All, every, all day today, I'm looking at box scores. I'm looking at box scores. What was the attendance? What was the attendance? Yes, I know most of these parks only fit 37. I don't care. We had 50. And the day before, we had 46. To watch an exhibition game between the Toronto Blue Jays and Apu's favorite squadron, the nine Mets. Yeah, it was one of those reminders this weekend that that this is my city and I'm proud of it. It really hurt when we lost that team, man. And I know a lot of you feel that way. And there are some of you that are too young to feel it. But guys like Jay and I, we feel it it double for the rest of you who don't feel it. So next year, we're going to fill that stadium again. Maybe we'll get a regular season game, which will maybe encourage me to sit in the seats and actually watch it. It might. You never know. But it was so good to be home. It was so good to be back home. Let's go Expos.
3: up kid. It's not what you think. Stayed out too late. Had a little too much to drink. Walk home across the bridge. When the marquee shut down. There's a reason that I love this town. Nobody cares how much money you have. If you've got enough. Get in a cab. There'll be drinks on the house if your house burns down. There's a reason that I love this town. I saw you. Shot the shit with miniature Tim. If he needs a tune, I'll write one for him. We like the same books and we like the same sounds. There's a reason that I love this town. I played a show in Kelowna last year. Said, pick it up, Joel. We're dying in here. Picture one hand clapping, then picture half that sound. The reason Restaurant, I saw Riviera de Lou last night at a tour. We burnt the place to the ground. There's a reason that I
0: listening to the Kaufman show on TSN 690 for Jay Farrar. I'm Dave Kaufman and we'll see you next Monday night.